Multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune inflammatory disorder of the central nervous system. The clinical review on bmj.com discusses relapse and multiple sclerosis, focusing on the recognition and management for generalists in clinical practice. I'm Emma Parrish, Editorial Registrar, and lucky enough to have one of the authors here with us, Nikki Ward-Abel, a lecturer-practitioner in MS from Birmingham City University and Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham. Thank you, Nikki. Okay. Hi, so what I thought we could do to start would be helpful if you could just explain how multiple sclerosis is classified and what really constitutes a relapse. Well, multiple sclerosis tends to be a relapsing remitting disease in in most patients, although 10% will have a primary progressive form. Relapses are um, an acute exacerbation of neurological symptoms that last for more than 24 hours, and they have to last continually during that time. Some of those symptoms are completely new to the patient. They've never had them before. Otherwise, it can be symptoms that reoccur. It's always very challenging to define a relapse because they are, it is a patient objective measure of whether they are saying that they've got the symptoms. You can't always see the symptoms, especially when they're sensory, although obviously you can see them in a neurological examination if there's some physical symptoms. And, and that, that makes it difficult when we are diagnosing a relapse because 24 hours isn't a very long time and there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of different factors that can affect MS symptoms such as fatigue. And so it's very important that when you are assessing whether somebody's had a relapse is that you exclude other factors that may be causing an increase in their symptoms. And so what might the, the symptoms that someone presenting with a relapse would have? So a classic presentation of a relapse is an optic neuritis. Um, an optic neuritis tends to happen um, in um, one eye at a time. The patient will experience pain behind their eye. They will experience different, eye, uh, different visual problems such as a central scotoma, problems with uh, colour vision, and then they will have problems with visual acuity from not being able to see at all to feeling like they've got a piece of gauze over their eye and their vision is interrupted in that way. They may also have some blurred and double vision. And that's quite a classic presentation that is much easier to define as a relapse. But other presentations can be a little bit more woolly, if you like. So you may have somebody who comes in with some who's already got a weakness in their arm, but they feel that that, that weakness has been exacerbated and it's worse than it used to be. And that, that's more of a difficult one to, to diagnose. But what we do say nowadays, which is a big change from how it used to be, is that if the patient says it's a relapse, then we take that very seriously. We used to have quite a paternalistic approach, and it was whether that the doctors classed it as a relapse or not. But now, especially with nurse-led services coming in more and more, we very much rely on what the patient says um, if they are having a relapse, then that is what they're having. Then the conundrum is whether we treat or not to treat. What we do also say is that 
we have to think about how the person was perhaps the week before and it's very important that when you're diagnosing a relapse that it is an subacute or acute exacerbation of the symptom that's not come on over weeks but it can only have come on over days. The other thing that we have to exclude is the fact that they don't have an infection because we know that if a patient has an infection then that is going to make their immune system more active and that may well mean that they're going to have an increased um, experience of neurological symptoms and then we wouldn't want to treat with with steroids because of the effect that steroids have on the immune system um, and it could be quite catastrophic for the patient if you give them steroids on top of an infection so we, we need to exclude an infection before we decide that it is a relapse that needs treating with steroids excellent thank you so you mentioned there obviously some of the things that, that clinicians need to consider when and the nurse specialists need to consider when they're deciding if somebody has a relapse along with the, the patient reporting these, these symptoms. So other than an infection, is there anything else that, that clinicians need to consider when someone presents to them with, with neurological symptoms in NM? Yes, there are some other things as well. We do know that during the female's menstrual cycle that symptoms can um, appear worse approximately seven days before the woman's period and three days into her period then she can experience symptoms that she's already had but they they seem to be worse to her during that time. We also know that at menopause um, symptoms seem worse the other thing that's really important to consider is, is fatigue because if somebody is fatigued then that is going to make their symptoms worse and that is a big challenge in diagnosing a relapse is how much is fatigue related and how much is in fact um, proper uh, relapse related and so a real in-depth assessment has to take place. Um, the other thing is that people have day-to-day -day fluctuations in their MS and that is normal. Somebody may be having just a bad day which means that their symptoms seem worse or are worse to them so that has to be taken into consideration as well and sometimes on occasions you know people are worried, anxious and depressed and that can bring on more symptoms, bring on their perception that their symptoms are worsening as well when objective measures may in fact show that they're not. When, when we say about an infection, just to go back to that, when we say about an infection, the person will only experience symptoms that they've already had. So if they have a relapse with an infection, then we need to make sure that the symptoms that they are experiencing are ones that they've already had anyway. If they present with new symptoms following an infection, then that is a relapse. That is not associated with the infection. And one other thing that I think sometimes can be difficult to differentiate, and you mention it um, within the review, is about relapses that kind of masquerade as progression or progression of a disease that is misinterpreted or diagnosed as a relapse. Is there anything practical or anything important to consider um, when trying to differentiate progression of the um, MS 
with an acute episode of relapse? Again, it is about the history taking. I think that I think we can never forget that people with secondary progressive MS, even though they may have experienced a, a year or so history of disease progression without relapses, doesn't mean that they wouldn't have a relapse, even though that relapse wouldn't be as acute as when they're relapsing remitting. Secondary progressive patients also have relapses. It's only when people say it's come on over months or you know four or five weeks that we may start to think that it's more likely to be disease progression. And then we'd perhaps just sit back and see the patient again in a few weeks to be able to really truly define whether it's a relapse. But there's no doubt that that it is a difficult one. Yeah. And so just going through a little bit from that, why are relapses important to to correctly diagnose and and what effect does that have on on management for patients? I think over the years it has become increasingly important because of course now there are treatments that we can offer to the patient according to their relapse history. There is data that shows that sometimes patients experience a relapse and don't in fact tell their doctor or their MS nurse that they've had one. They may not be reviewed for a year and they may have had two relapses in that year but just not reported that and that then has repercussions because they may be on a treatment that is not suitable for them. Up until five or six years ago, we only had quite conservative treatments, the, the injectable first-line treatments. But now, if, they, if those treatments aren't keeping the patient stable and they are having relapses irrespective of those treatments, we can escalate them onto the monoclonal antibodies, for example, um, knowing that whilst they can cause more life-limiting side effects, they also um, have better um, efficacy in treating MS and in treating the relapses. So the bottom line is we need to know that the patient's having a relapse to ensure that they're on the right treatment. And we spend a lot of time at each review making sure that we clearly document their relapse history. And then we have a good we need to consider very carefully, are they still on the right treatment for them as an individual? And what treatments are available for relapse or what's the current advice in terms of what treatment should be started? Well, for relapses themselves, obviously we're going to treat with steroids as we have done for many years. Um, but obviously what we do need to make sure is long term that the patient is on the disease modifying therapy that they should be on that will ultimately control the amount of relapses that they're having and the severity of the relapses that they are experiencing as well. Right. You mentioned that there are some patients that you were reluctant to to use steroid in or it's not optimum to use steroids in. Um, you mentioned um, mental health. Why, why is that? Well, steroids can have an effect on some people on their mental health. They can cause, obviously, the obvious psychosis. They can cause anxiety. They can cause um, major mood change in the person while they're on the steroids. 
And sometimes we, we feel quite reluctant to treat the person who's got mental health issues because the steroids may well make that mental health worse. And now more and more we are moving towards giving people oral steroids, which means they, they are at home receiving the steroids and we're not there to be able to supervise that. If somebody did have mental health issues and we, we needed to give them steroids, we, are, we would bring them into hospital to do that because it's much safer for the patient. We wouldn't want to give them oral steroids at home in the risk that their mental health issues could be um, increased by, by the side effects of the steroids. I see. Thanks. So Nick, you've been talking about what clinicians should be aware of when considering if this is a a relapse or not. One of the points highlighted in the review is um, potentially non-adherence to immunotherapy, which can be under-recognised in both patients and doctors. Um, Are you able to expand on that at all? Yeah, and I think this is a, a really important point. Some of the treatments you we can monitor more closely if the patient is adhering to it. Because of course, if they have to come into hospital, then we know that they will come in each month and receive the drug and we can record that. But sometimes there's non-adherence in terms of the injectable products or in terms of the oral tablets. I think that although oral tablets now are becoming more a treatment of choice for people with MS. Tablets are easy to take. They're also easy to forget as well, especially for patients who have perhaps some cognitive involvement or the side effects that they're getting are impacting on their life so much that they just can't face taking the tablet or the injection every day, and so they won't take that. And I think that... that and then the patient won't always admit to it because they feel embarrassed or they feel that a lot of money's being spent on them. So it is hard to know whether they're adhering to treatment or not. Probably nurses more than the neurologists, because they have perhaps a closer relationship with the patient, are able to find out from them a little more about whether or not they are adhering to medication. Because we we do say to them that it's important to be honest and we're not there to judge them. And it's important to be honest so we know the reason of their relapse. Because if it is non-adherence, then we need to have a look at why they're not adhering to the medication to see if we need to change it. Um, and so for the clinician in, in general practice, if they, um, a patient comes to them and, and there's a consideration that they feel this may be a relapse and they're not a specialist, uh, how is it best to, to go forward in terms of getting treatment? Who, who's involved in the team around the patient at that point? Well, obviously this varies in different countries, but certainly in England, although it it, it is different in Scotland as well, but certainly in England there is... There's more services that are coming out that are nurse-led. I think MS nurses, because... Because the neurologists, um, there aren't many neurologists in this country per patient with MS, the MS nursing service has become increasingly active over the last 10 years. And now it may well be that the GP can refer to an MS nursing service, which is specifically for relapses. So if a general practitioner came across a patient who they thought was having a relapse and fitted the criteria, they could ring up the MS nurses in the local service and ask them what 
provision for relapse management that they have. But other other places in the UK will have the traditional, the patient will go and see a neurologist. But some of the problems with that sort of service is that because of the waiting list for the neurologist, they may not be able to see them as promptly as the nurses are able to see them. And that can cause quite a lot of anguish for the patient. That's great. And... An interesting part of the review is where you discuss the kind of recovery and prognosis of relapse because obviously these symptoms and having a relapse can have a huge effect on an individual with MS. What can clinicians and patients expect following a relapse and what advice is is given about recovery from that? The the psychosocial impact of a relapse is is quite immense. I think people, especially when it's their that they they relapse on treatment or it's their first relapse for a while, they can become really very frightened and and very anxious and begin to feel unsafe and begin to feel their bodies letting them down. So it's very important that when people are having a relapse that we talk to them and reinforce what is happening and that that they're not always going to feel like this. And this this is a, a relapse which... and. This does mean it's an acute exacerbation, but this will get better. I think the problem does arise that we're not able to say to them at that point how much better it's going to get. We will talk about recovery time afterwards. Um, And there's, there's different trains of thought about that. It, you know, some people say that all recovery will take place within three months, but there is some literature that says that recovery can take place over 12 months or more, particularly if it's an optic neuritis. And I think that makes patients feel that their disease is very unpredictable because they don't know what their recovery is going to be, and that can be quite difficult to live with. I think there's also a big issue on people when they're experiencing a relapse, when they are trying to work or when they are trying to bring up a family because it may be, especially single mothers, for example, it may be that they're not able to look after their children whilst they're relapsing. Perhaps they can't carry the child upstairs or they can't go and pick up their children from school. They can't help them wash and dress. And if they're a single parent with, with, with little family support, it has a very big impact on them. There's also issues about work that sometimes people have quite, people have quite an erratic um, experience of neurological symptoms, which means that they can have several sick episodes at work and they can feel quite pressurized from their employer that they're having yet more time off for their neurological symptoms. And patients can feel that that that, that, that is a big difficulty for them when they're trying to hold down their job, especially in these days of um, of employment problems. So I, I think that it does have a, a major effect on on the individual, that we must make sure that we talk through that the difficulties that they're having to see if there are solutions or there are services that we can put into place that will support the patient whilst they're having a relapse. Great. So that was Nikki Wardable talking about MS relapse. If you want a bit more information, then have a read of our clinical review, which is now available on bmj.com.